Welcome to Down the Slope. Uh, we're back. There's three of us as opposed to just the two of us from last week. Um, we've not got Harry this week. Uh, that means Greg and Liam are with me. Greg, how are you doing? Not bad, mate. How are you? Aye, good, good. Liam? Have you got a lender inside the Harry's Pringles tube for this episode because you're fucking sounding tinny as fuck? Aye, aye. Just to know. Any better now? Aye, I think so. Okay. So. Well, I, I, before you joined this call, I was like, Greg, does this sound all right? Does this sound all right? Does this sound all right? So we'll, we'll, we'll blame him. Oh, uh, no, look, competitive action's back. Hibs <clears throat> pumped Clyde 5 now in the first half of the weekend. Um, we call that competitive. <clears throat> well, on paper anyway, and I got three points. It was in a, in a competition that we probably want to win. Um, I guess we got. it's been a while since we spoke about a game, so we'll start with team selection. Um, not too many new faces for various reasons in the starting 11, Liam. Um, what did you make of the team that started the game? Um, it was a wee bit like, I don't know, I think when you get excited about seeing lots of new faces and then there's literally a goalie who, I don't know how anyone can really get excited about seeing a goalie and a holder midfield player. It doesn't exactly like get the juices flowing in terms of like, new season, getting to see lots of new players, it's just a bit like, I felt a wee bit, wee bit disappointed, I suppose, but all of it's understandable with the situation with the work permits and stuff. Um, I think we've got Brexit to thank for that, so thank you very much to the Conservative Party and all their voters. Good on. We seem to have lost you, it's a good start to the episode. <laughs> Greg, what did, you make of the, what did you make of the start line up? Um, well, yeah, it was pretty straightforward. Obviously, Brexit um, stopped us seeing all the new faces, but yeah, it was pretty much standard. I wasn't worried at all. Um, but I'm sure we'll come on to other players' performances as we go on. Um, I was probably more impressed with, with some of the the, people, the players that came on, to be honest. But Dodge scoring Dodge goals is, is what you want to see. Yeah, and, and um, I'm sure, and I'm sure Liam will will definitely not hound us all night about Christian Dodge and how he wanted to get rid of him. I'm sure he, I think he's over that now. Look, I just I'm going to set my stall out early here on this one. By the way, I never said I said I think he'll be away. I never said that. Nah, one. That's not the question you were asked. The question you were asked is what you would do with the squad. You weren't asked what Lee Johnson would do. That's another question was asked, so don't try and push it what you said. Sell, you all said, you all said sell, and you were all pretty definitive, and I seem to remember. And to be fair, on the Dodge front, there was a bit of there was a wee bit of, there was a wee bit of recency bias at play there, which I think we've all we've all been guilty of from time to time yep. displaying. I, I will um, happily admit that I was fully using the recency bias, but last season he wasn't good enough, so he had to go. But he certainly proved me wrong. Um, I mean, it's only Clyde, but the positions gonna, he, was, he was picking up and such like was, was good to see, to be fair. I'm going to give myself some credit, though. I said I was surprised because <laughs> we're going to give him away. And because uh, I know, because wow. I said, so no, but from, and it's, I'm going to tie it in because I did say I thought he would be the type of player if Johnson talks about getting the ball in the box, getting it forward quickly, that 
Dodge would thrive on it and probably scored the hat trick in the first game. What did you make actually? Can I just say, we started talking this show, we're talking about politics. You are actually a politician (laughs) in disguise, (laughs) trying to give yourself credit for writing off a player and then saying, well, actually, here's a a total politician's point. Mate, you should get your your hat in the ring for that, for the Tory party, because they are looking for a leader. They're looking for someone. You're just going to start putting ideas on folks here. I'll be getting pelters on Twitter this week. Um, no, look, what did you make of the article actually last week when the chat about Deutsch, that he obviously came into the team and scored the hat trick, but last week it didn't feel like the blowing review that you would normally get about your number nine that Lee Johnson gave. Uh, was, I don't know if it was in there, was it the written press, I think it was. But do we think now he scored the hat trick yes here to stay or? Nah, I think I think I think anybody that's in that squad's I, I think they're all still playing for a place to be honest. I d I don't think anyone's like nailed down. It's a, you're right, it's a game against Clyde at the end of the day. Um he scored two goals all last season, he scored three <laughs> goals in the first game of the season as well. It's just wild how football works sometimes, eh? Seventeen games and two goals last season, one game and three goals this season. But no, um I I, I could still see him going to you now in the end of the window. I don't think that's out with the question, particularly if some one of the other strikers who's not available yet, or Melkerson or yeah. whoever hits a goal scorer and and we get his back, I could still see him going. Or we find yeah. the number nine who's better. Yeah. Right. Rest of the starting eleven. Um who who were the standouts for you in the first half out with Christian Dodge? Probably like like you said, obviously Marshall and Kenner were the new guys. Marshall didn't have to touch the ball, I don't think. Clyde had one shot from a free kick. Um and Ken, I thought he was good. Was it, um, but was there was it more last season's players that stood out the most to you? Um, I thought <clears throat> Doyle Hayes was good actually. Um, seemed to be passing the ball forward, making some more forward runs, and obviously I think it was a third goal. He, he worked, he worked it well. He, he was driving past players, which I think is when Liam first mentioned him. That's the sort of player he said he was. Um, I think he sort of stuck the new last season, and they became very similar, but. I think now you can see a different dynamic to his game and it's definitely one that there's a lot better for him. Um, so I was actually really impressed with him, to be fair. He was probably my standout. Um, and then Melkerson as well. See, um, with Jake Dial Hayes, we've spoken about it. And when was it we spoke to him? Almost a year ago now, was it October time or something last year? And yeah. we spoke about it, didn't really feel like he was the player that he'd sort of been, the, the sort of tag he'd had would be in that sort of deep line midfielder sort of hard-hitting, but was yesterday probably the first, well, yesterday, sorry, Saturday, the first time we'd really seen it for a 90 minutes. We have seen that he's capable of playing forward passes and stuff, but um, actually I say 90 minutes, probably 45 minutes. Um, do you think that is, is he better at that than sitting, Liam? Um, maybe, I mean... It's just so hard to say. I know, I know. I fucking, I'm going to have to stop myself from doing it as well. But, but certainly, some of his highlights in his jersey last season came in a more attacking position. Some of his poorest performances came in a more defensive position last season. So you could you could probably draw a conclusion from that that he's definitely not the guy that you want sitting as the deepest of your midfield three. You probably want him a bit further forward. Is he creative enough to play? much more advanced in the games against some of the smaller teams in the league? I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure he is that guy that's going to pick a pick a lock, uh, unpick a lock even. There, there's, there's, there's definitely something there, and and in a you know more more far more forward thinking sense, but I think I'm going to reserve judgment on that until we see him as part of this new system against some SPFL Premiership level teams. Yeah, I am um, Greg. You touched on Melkerson, obviously. Sorry, started out on the right hand side, uh, mm-hmm. a goal and assist for the first and the second goals, and um, few more chances. Looked, looked decent sort of on the back of his goals that he'd scored in the pre-season games over in Portugal as well. What, what stood out for you uh, with his performance? His pace certainly stood out. He looked a lot sharper. Um, I looked, he looked a lot more direct, a lot more willing to, to get shots off. Um, I just think that he seemed a lot more confident as well. You know, I think maybe last season, rather than Mullerwell, he'd, he'd done pretty much next to nothing, so... But he's obviously had a good preseason. Lee Johnson's praised him highly. Um, I think he's probably got a little bit of that confidence, a little bit, a little bit of swagger as well. Um, so I mean, you can't really argue a goal and assist in the first competitive game of the season, to be honest, regardless of the opposition. Yeah, I think the the player that probably stood out the most for me was probably Noah Kenny. Um, and I think Sean Maloney definitely spoke, and I think even maybe Ben Kensley and Gordon mentioned that when we spoke to them back in February time about how we needed a player that could play number six on his own and we were sort of trying to pigeonhole Jade Doyle Hayes and Joe Newell into doing that job together at times last season um, but Kenny for me looked like he was always available for the ball and that's the sort of thing that for me whether it's Clyde or whether it's a top flight game it's sort of about knowing where to be on the park in relation to where the ball is it felt if the centre-backs needed a pass, he was there to take it. He could take it off a Doyle Hayes or a winger and it kept it, generally kept the momentum going. Um, but yeah, he was probably a standout on with you and Henderson for me, who I think Henderson probably had a quite sneaky, OK finish to last season. I thought, he, and I know in the games that maybe didn't really matter, I thought he did look quite good in the split. And I think he's a player that probably could thrive under Lee Johnson. I think Patrick Mc- Partland wrote an article on that a couple of weeks back as well. I thought your Henderson looked good. The surprise of the sort of piece for me was that Josh Campbell started. Now, obviously, he did score um, the fifth goal in, in the first half. Greg, did he get the goal? I think it looked well on target as far as I was concerned. Took a big deflection. Were you, were you surprised to see him play in that sort of number 10 role? Because for me... I'd much rather see a Ewan Henderson in there. Um, I, I, think, I think Ewan Henderson's quite a little bit more of a wide player, to be honest. Um, I I'm not sure I would have put Campbell in an attacking midfielder position, but it's probably something we've not really seen from him, and he seemed to do okay. <laughs> Possibly square pegs and round holes at the moment due to work permits, etc. But no, I, th- I thought he'd done okay. Um, I know, I know we sort of caveat things with that. It was only Clyde, but I think the positions he was sort of taking up, it was good to see, you, you know, if you get into the good habits and that's good. But I just, yeah, I don't know. He seemed, he seemed okay, but the jury's very much still out on him. I don't think that he's good enough to, to make it the club, but we will see when the season starts. And if he gets more games, then I think Lee Johnson probably already knows roughly where, where he sits. We played the full game in a 4-2-3-1, do you think as it stands in the squad we've got the players to 
to play that system, then that'll be something just from the outset we might see. Yeah, I think we probably do, maybe with the exception of still question marks over that number nine position for me, to be honest. Um, I don't think Doyle's did an admirable job there, but I think probably history tells us that he's maybe not been the most effective as a lone striker in any time, perhaps. Um, and I don't really know enough about Yuan or, or Bojang to know that they can do that. Uh, and I think Melkson's just too early in his development at the moment to be able to play the lone striker. I know he's obviously been putting the work in over the summer and he's looking in good nick, but um, I think, yeah, he will find that quite difficult in this league to be able to do that on his own, especially yeah, for 90 minutes. I think at the weekend you had the benefit of having Melkerson in the right. Obviously, as a, as a striker, he does naturally also want to get into the box. Henderson, albeit started on the left, felt he played really narrow. So I think Doyle did. There was always numbers in that area of the park. I would imagine someone like Aidan McGeady is going to be a starter, you know? Like, is Melkerson going to start every week on the right-hand side? I'm not sure. Like, I think with what you're saying about the number nine, it could become exposed if you've not got that personnel on the park. You know, like if Aidan, I, I could be wrong, but I don't see Aidan McGeady taking up similar positions to what you and Henderson did at the weekend. I think even when McGeady came on, he sort of dropped quite deep, took the ball from deep and tried to set things up early on in the move as opposed to being there at the end product but look, we'll wait and see how it goes in the next few days what was the highlight of the first half for you though the, between the five goals what was the best goal for me it was quite comfortably the third one for me what was the pressing no the third one was the Kyle <laughs> Hayes to dodge in the week oh yeah um probably the one was it the fourth one where we just Absolutely yeah, battered off the kickoff. Yeah. That's probably my favourite because you can see as a unit we're we're moving, we're, we're pushing up. You know, Cada wins the ball out wide and, and we make good good passes and good choices and getting the ball to the box. So for me that's probably the best team goal. Um and probably the best goal out of the five, in my opinion. I was probably my favourite as well, wasn't it? Like a huge amount to pick from because I don't think the goals are like particularly mm-hmm. outstanding, but I'd say I'd say the fourth goal was the best, just in terms of that overall team play. I do have to say I don't know who that was for Clyde, but how bad was that pass that went out to mm. the wide area that Cad intercepted? <laughs> like you're up, you're up at the top of the stand looking down, and you just like the minute it leaves the boy's foot, you're just like that is an absolute fucking horror pass. Like uh, it's so bad, so very lazy. Oh, just shite, like from kickoff as well. in the past, so there, there's no... no it wasn't even close. At all. It wasn't yeah. in the, in the, along the right lines. It was too short. It was just, oh, it was so bad. <laughs> anyway, enough about Clyde. See, yeah, <laughs> really really bad. I feel like we mentioned Clyde more than we've mentioned that. <laughs> They're really bad, though, aren't they? They're going to struggle in League One based on that. Like, yeah. I just, they struggled just a... Stephen Tico to come back, so... I'm very good. Just as a wee segue... Um, it was a question I posed to sort of the folk that I got the game with at the weekend. The League Cup, the group stages of it, obviously, we look at it and it is sort of glorified pre season, right? Who do you reckon it's made a pain in the arse for? The Premiership teams or the lower league teams? Because for me, it takes the chance really of the lower league teams even having a run. Because what one team gets through, do they look at it as even more a pre season than we do? You know, like, it's, who does it actually benefit more? I think to, to quote Robbie Nielsen, I think some of the uh, 
League One and League Two chairman will absolutely love the money spinning element of the League Cup at this stage. But I also think managers and coaches now will absolutely hate it because I don't really think, like, if you're a low league opposition, that you kind of know you're going to get bumped out. Chances are, and you probably get a couple of like morale sapping scuddings along the way as well. And that's kind of what it was for Clyde because, to be honest, like they should just be thankful it was only five on Saturday. We totally let off them in the second yeah. half. Um, and it could have been a really, like, ah, it could have been a shite feeling for them coming away had they lost nine or ten. Even, even just the I money spinner side of it, like, you're, you're hoping that you get probably, what, the best supported team that doesn't qualify for Europe. Now, obviously, this year you've got Hibs and Aberdeen in there, but say you get Motherwell as your Premiership team in the League Cup, uh, like, or Livingston. Aye, like, you know what I mean? Like, Chances are, even, are you're probably a bigger club than Livingston. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, are they even going to get that bigger pull from it there? I, I just, I'd, I don't I mean, know so, why so, it, came, it, came, it came to me when I think we were just scored the fifth goal and I was like, this must be shite for them. Like, it just has to be, but... I, I mean, they, they, went in, they went in a half-time, 5-0 down. What do you even... What, I mean, what, what does the manager say? Let's go and win the second half. Like, come on. <laughs> You're, you're, you're literally getting pumped 5-0 on a big pitch. It's roasting. You get nothing from that. Absolutely nothing from it at all. Like, I just thought it was interesting. because, like, I, I, I just... And it's very early to start the season as well. So, yeah. Because say you're I, Clyde, I right? And you, you could... They could quite conceivably beat Falkirk, beat Morton, and beat Bonnyrigg not go through, but had that been in a more traditional cup format, they maybe would have got two or three rounds, and then they could, you know what I mean, then they could have got a Hibs when there was a little bit more interest in it and stuff with seasons up and running. Uh, I know that's completely hypothetical, but... We we look at it through the prism of Hibs, though, and Hibs have, you know, for the last number of years, I think I've done pretty well at avoiding any kind of cup shocks or cup upsets, but we've seen other Premiership teams have struggled at this stage. I think Motherwell lost Airdrie last season at home yes. or maybe away. Uh, Aberdeen lost as well. Uh, or they don't well, got knocked true. out by Rafe, right. obviously. Uh, Hearts obviously had that year where they really struggled. Did they not end up losing East Fife or something, Hearts? Or uh, they went out of the group stage, eh? So, so like teams, there's no occasion where teams struggle, but you know, we, we've been in a pretty good place with cups recently. I know some fans that will stick in their throat saying that, but generally, if we're expected to win the cup game, we do. Yeah, no, that's very true. Uh, anyway, look, let's, there's nothing to talk about in the second half. What was your one big takeaway each of your first 90 minutes watching a Lee Johnson's Hibs team? No, I'm kidding, as a fucking machine. <laughs> Who would tackle a jumbo jet Heartland in the runway at Edinburgh Airport? Liam. And and we can press teams. I'd say he's probably made good on the promise that we'll get forward and we'll get forward quickly. I think when Harry and I were chatting last week, that was one of the things I was saying that I was looking forward to seeing. And I, I think it was evident, particularly in the first half. Um, just, yeah, no, no possession for possession's sake. A lot of balls getting clipped down the channel and stuff like that, and in Portugal. I wasn't a fan of that, to be honest. I didn't like that. I think when you're trying, like, to like Stevenson I tried it three with, times. Uh, I think it has to, I think it has to be done with purpose. You know, like if if it is to get the defense turned and get someone on it, which a lot of the time in the weekend it was done to good effect with the likes of Henderson and and Melkerson, and and it, it worked. But 
yeah, I was really. I think the most impressive part of it all is is that fourth goal in it. You know, straight from kickoff. Now again, well, it's only Clyde. It was a poor pass. It's this. It's that. But you've scored two goals in what 30, 40 seconds of in terms of foot match time. Um. So yeah, really impressed with the sort of forward front foot. Um. Of course, there was some. Uh, some people not jokingly. Uh, taking the piss about uh, not scoring in the second half, but hey, we'll we'll just leave them. We'll leave them not referenced. Right, Liam, you're generally the name guy. Who are Hibs about to sign? Marian Chabraha. Did you have a Scooby Doo who he was before? The nah, <laughs> nah, he's not someone I'd heard of. Um, even when folk were saying, oh, Rangers were linked to him when Barisic was about to be sold. Um, still, it didn't, it didn't ring any bells for me. Um, but to be honest, I'm, I'm not an expert in Croatian football, nor would I, nor would I even begin to pretend to be. Uh, I know who the big clubs are in Croatia, and he certainly plays for one of them. Um, so, so, you know, comes in obviously with a, a pedigree. You look at his, the fact that he's played right through the youth levels for Croatia, Typically speaking, I think we saw it in the Euros last year, Croatia produce technically very good football players. They might sometimes not be the most athletic football players. I'm thinking about a certain Robert Prozanecki. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember him. Number 10 that played for Croatia for many years. Um, At least I think he played for Croatia. Maybe it was the old Yugoslavia. Um, But I think he was a guy who used to drink about 20 cans a day and smoke 40 fags a day and played in the 10 and he was probably one of the most technically gifted football players I've ever seen. So, I um, don't know why I'm talking about Prozanetsky when we're saying about Fabinho as a great I just thought I'd get that in there. But no, I mean, based based on based on nothing other than the club, clubs he's played for and his sort of international pedigree looks pedigree, to be a very yeah. promising signing. Yeah. What do we make of the Josh Doig deal? Obviously, it has been sort of four or five days since it broke, but you, guys, you and Harry had recorded prior to it breaking last week. Um, three million up front, I think it's saying, with add-ons and a sell, a sell-on fee. Um, Liam, you had an interesting conversation i seen with someone on Twitter, actually, about, about the fee. Um, do you think that's about right for Josh Doig, or could we have been shopping in the Calvin Ramsey market? It's really difficult because, I, I, again, contextually, we don't really know a huge amount of the financial stuff that goes on. We've got an idea, but we don't know yeah. the full extent. I think one thing I would say is I don't think fees for Scottish players have really moved on at the rate that they've moved on for players in other markets. So I think we've seen some clubs getting very reasonable fees for some of their players and some very fair fees. But I'm not convinced that necessarily all the Scottish clubs are always getting what they deserve for the players. And I think the Ramsey fees are you know, is a, a decent one. I personally believe that Calvin Ramsey will go on to have a better career than Josh Doig. Just my personal opinion. I think he's technically far more proficient footballer than Josh Doig. And I think the physical side of this game is something that will come. Um, and they're very different fullbacks as well. So I think it's very hard to kind of compare yeah. the two against one another. But I think, I think all, all, all things in account in the current market for Scottish players, the million is probably fairish. Selling clause is obviously dependent on him being a success at Verona. No, really hope that he does. Really I was going to say, he gives us a, a much better career than Ramsey. He gives us sort of hang on to like, the job again, eh? Like every, every transfer under, like, oh, will now be the time. Um, Greg, what's your thoughts on Josh Doig moving on? Um, and, and obviously the guy that we're looking like we're bringing in to replace him this week. 
Um, <clears throat> good luck to him. Don't, don't like the fans of Hellas Verona. Um, but, yeah, look, Italy, different culture, lovely country. Um, I, I like the idea that he's going abroad and not, and not just doing the usual and going down south. Um, as long as we get more than six figures when when he moves on, like some people. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if you were, were taking really, that set, you could compare it to Ramsey, really you could compare it to Hickey. And... Well, Hearts were really holding out for that, and it turns out they got pennies for him. So, but yeah, that'll look, look, good luck, Tom. I think he, I think he had his, his best season last season. I think he maybe struggled at the start, and then when Maloney came in, he sort of yeah. took it up another level. But and, and to be honest, on the creation point, we'll see. You don't really know how he's going to take to Scottish football or, or whatever, but like we were saying before, as long as he can get up and down the line and, and put a decent ball in the box and maybe smash a couple of folk in the way, then I think the fans will be be on board. But he seems to be pretty promising, to be fair, from, from what I've read on Twitter. Done the usual scouting stuff and watched them on YouTube, but uh, I think I'll reserve judgment because I wasn't overly yeah. impressed with what I've seen. It's good to see the club getting and done quickly, though, isn't it? You know, like either way, the draw yeah, hasn't hasn't been confirmed yet, um, and it seems, yeah. seems likely um, that we're going to have the replacement. And hopefully, I mean, in my head, I'm just looking towards will he have enough time to play at St Johnston effectively? And if, yeah, <laughs> um, I think I'd like to get your yeah, guys' thoughts on this. Does this Josh Doig transfer? when we look at players that have left recently, but also players that maybe were potentially going to leave, so maybe like Nisbet in the January transfer window and Porteous in the January transfer window during COVID, Martin Boyle moving on amongst... Uh, it doesn't feel like it's got that much of a... we're fucked element to it. You know, I don't like... Is it because he's a left-back? Is it that we just feel like we're confident in the player coming in? Is it because Lewis Stevenson exists? Like... <laughs> I guess because we've got so much money that we can just <laughs> plug the hole with cash. Like, why, why do you think that is, Liam? Do you think that's almost the backup to your thoughts on potentially Josh Doig's limitations? I'm not, by the way, I'm not, not, I'm not saying that you think Josh Doig's a... Yeah, Josh Doig's a good footballer. I think he'll go and have a very decent career. I just don't think he'll always do their career as Ramsey. And, I, and, I, and I'll be honest, I think Josh Doig... I think Josh Doig... <laughs> Would almost be better suited to go in and play in, in a league like the Premier League or the Championship because I think the physical demands of that game would be better suited to the kind of footballer he is. I think going to play in Italy, which is a much slower and far more technical league, I think he might find that quite difficult just, just based on the kind of footballer he is. I think mm. with points last season when he was playing in a more advanced left wing back position where he really struggled to get the ball out of his feet and onto his front feet and make something happen. It felt like unless he was charging onto a ball that was played 10 yards in front of him, he really struggled with the game last season. Um, that and I think, you know, Italians have got this sort of cliche of being like, you know, world-class defenders. Um, Josh Doyle got beat at the back post far too many times last season for, for, for Malik and for a guy of his size. Um, and I think in the Italian league, that might be something that gets exposed a wee bit. But... Those are just a couple of weaknesses, actually, of what is just a very young guy. He's not played a huge amount of football. He's still very, I think, still very promising talent. So bring it back the reason to I'm the probably not seeing it. He's gone. I, 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 because, because, because I don't think he was even clear as our best left back last season. 
So <laughs> we're selling guy who was possibly our second best left back last season with three million quid. Like, why would you be upset about that? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think um, I think as well. Just on that, every time we've sold someone, it's been oh well. I hope, hope we invest the money. But I think we've seen already that we're not we're not afraid to to throw money at it. Um, I think we do it in the right ways, but we certainly back the manager and we do invest it back in the squad, which is all we could really ask for. Well, the left back take us to ten this summer. Is that correct? I think that includes Henderson being made permanent. Is that right? Maybe. What, um, I've lost track. I, I, let's just go on another wee segue like we did with the League Cup. Um, are we, and it's something that maybe it could potentially benefit Hibs in the future. Are we starting to see other countries seeing Scotland as a viable market? Obviously, um, Ramsey had previously been linked with moves in Italy. He's went down south. Lewis Ferguson seems to be going to Italy. Henderson's out there currently. Hickey's obviously done well. He's moved on to the Premiership. Do we think Italy, especially in other leagues, are seeing Scotland as a market they can shop in now? Definitely should. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the Ferguson transfer is an interest among clubs. Obviously, I think there's been clubs in England that have been looking at him for a while, but maybe none of that interest has been realised. Um, so I think it's probably no really surprising that there, there's Italian clubs looking looking at players. The hickey success thing does give a bit of a benchmark. You know, a player who you know, I think Celtic invested quite a lot in developing him as a young player, and you know, he's. he's Gone on to play a few games to Hearts and then and then got himself a very good move to a decent Serie A team. I think he also profited from I think their usual left back is the boy Dykes, Mitchell Dykes. I think he played for the Netherlands. I think he got injured for a spell and it gave him a chance in the team. So timing's crucially important in a lot of these things as well, especially for young guys, because quite often the catalyst for young guys getting their chances is because of injuries and suspensions. So yeah. Um other ins and outs, Connor Young, it seems like he's going to Rangers from the sort of development team moving along to Rangers. Um, Patrick McParland sort of broke that a couple of hours ago. Um, I was a little bit surprised initially, um, but I guess ultimately if the club rate O'Connor and Laidlaw higher than him, then so be it. You know, you're, I think to carry sort of three first-choice strikers at that age group, it makes sense to move on the third one. And if you'd imagine, right, if Rangers are coming in, they're obviously offering him a better package as well. Any surprises there? I'm surprised that they came in for him, to be honest. I don't think they would be looking at that, but then I suppose we they did win the league last Villa, year. didn't they? Well, we just won the league last year, so um, obviously there's maybe a lot of interest in our players, but they need... need need someone to go in and help them in the Lowland League. So. I'd, I'd say uh, Pat, Patrick's article says that he's third, third choice now. Patrick goes to watch more under-18 games than I have, so I'd probably in danger of like, picking an argument here that I can't even win. I'm not picking an argument, but making a point here that I can't win. I think Hibs would always find a way of accommodating all three of them in the starting line. Yeah. If you look at yeah. it, it was typically the three of them would play in I think maybe right in saying that Laidlaw had maybe been the deepest of the three and the other two sort of played a little bit further up. Um, yeah. on, the, on the very limited game time I've seen them play, to be honest, I thought physically I thought O'Connor was the most impressive, but I thought probably Connor Young would be technically the best. Laidlaw the youngest of the three, I think. Yeah, he's the only one who still qualifies for the 18s, is that right? Aye, aye. So when I went to 
when I went to watch them against Hearts, I thought O'Connor was injured and played loads away with Scotland. And I was impressed with Conor Young, to be fair. He's very physically, he got a good left foot on him. Um, maybe I would say he's put a better option than Robbie Hamilton, who he was playing up front with. So, yeah, it's disappointing to lose him, but at the same time, you know, you have got O'Connor and Laidlaw there. And it's just say Robbie Hamilton won't be better than Conor Young next season. There's got to be a pathway for these guys as well. So yeah. you look at it and, and like, you know, if I'm Conor Young, I'm looking at it, you've got Dodge and Melkerson in the first team. They've just signed Yuan. They've just signed Momadou Bojang, potentially going to play through the middle. So Kevin Nisbet still will come back from injury. You've got O'Connor and Laidlaw. And, and if I'm Conor Young, I'm looking at it. And even if I'm a confident laddie and I back myself, I'm probably thinking that's going to be really, really hard for me to get a first team minutes and he might think the same going to Rangers but the advantage so Rangers have got it. is he going to well he's going to the Lowland League and he? he's yeah. going to be playing against yeah. Cumbernauld Colts next, Colts next season um, you know and, and Rangers but he's just scored he'll be playing against like Citroen and Juniors and he just scored five against uh, was it four or he's five scored, I guess scored against he's the scored Pans. four against Preston Athletic um, let's not spend too much time on it I think um, the one interesting one coming in the door well not that the Croatian guy's not uh Ruben McAllister, um, the fee is Half a mil. is generating a lot of discussion. Um, it started off at one hundred and thirty thousand. There's been reports in Bristol that it could rise up to like, one hundred thirty thousand euros. Yeah, one hundred thirty yeah, thousand euros. Yeah, euros so about what's that? About one hundred grand, 80, 90 grand, something like that. I don't know uh, what they're, Bristol, they're obviously using the euro in Bristol these days because <laughs> it's such a multicultural city. They just accept all currencies. Um. But like Greg said there, there's been articles today saying it could be up to half a million. Um, we are so rich. <laughs> so rich. We could spend half a million on a 16-year-old whose dad works at the club. Like we are I've got it right, yeah. First, let's so, talk about the so, potential fee first. Oh, okay. Liam, you, you set us off here because I know you've got some thoughts. No, I just, I, just don't, I just don't think we'll be spending £250,000 up front with a 16-year-old from Bristol City. It's just my personal opinion. I might, I might, I might prove to egg on my face, but there's no precedent for a club like Hibs spending two hundred and fifty thousand pounds on a sixteen-year-old who's played under seventeen football for a championship team in England. And you know, there's obviously there's always going to be comparisons of people say, "Oh well, uh, who was the boy that went to the sixteen-year-old that went to Monaco that Pietro oh, Pellegrini or whatever yeah. it was went for like nineteen million at the age of sixteen. And obviously, it hasn't really turned out to be quite. Arnold guy, maybe when he was getting old shipped all around Europe aye. when he was fifteen. Aye. So there's always going to be there's always going to be exam like like exceptions to the rule. But did anyone know who Ruben McAllister was until no. we were linked to him yesterday? And now we're talking about spend two hundred thousand pound up front with an R two hundred fifty. I just kind of see it like if we were going to spend that kind of money. We'd be spending team. it on plugging out the gaps and we've got in the first team like a centre-back or a centre-mid. Uh, and I know people say, oh, there's half of it's incentives. But <laughs> the thing with incentives is you're committing to spend that money on the basis Aye. that player realises his potential. Yeah. Like You still have to spend that money at the end when the, when, when, when the incentives are realised or if the incentives are realised. You know, and clearly some of them will be like international recognition and stuff, which is way, way down the line. So like I get that, but... I'm just very sceptical of the fee, but I've no no qualms at all about signing the player. No, none at all. See, right, this is where my initial, you know, like when something like that breaks, my initial thought is, oh, well, he must be really good. 
but I hadn't really looked into anything about it or anything. And then I read that article the day where I think Lee Johnson spoke to someone down in Bristol. And it really did read to me as it makes sense so that McAllister's full family can move up here. And Aye. like, Aye. I'm not going to say it worries me because look, I'm sure the club, like it is a lot of money either way. Do you know what? If it's a hundred grand, 130,000 euros or fucking half a million quid, like. Must have it line about to be fair. If, it, if, it's, <laughs> if it's being spent on a player we genuinely think will come in, but given a free, paying that money on a three-year deal to a 16-year-old and then just the words that are going with it and maybe Lee Johnson just doesn't hype anyone up because like I said earlier it was quite I didn't get the whole phrase of Christian Dodge last week nah not so but, but on that nepot- on that point because the word that we're flirting with you that we've more used the nepotism and we were quite happy to chuck it about when Ian yep. Gordon was given the head of recruitment role um, so why would our approach to players be any different the thing with the McAllister one is if that does not work out, that N-word will get used and it'll be thrown at the club because people will be saying 250k on a 16-year-old when we could have bought... That's Kevin is, but wasn't it? Could have bought Addy Ken, like someone that's available just now, Connor Ronan. Connor Ronan's available apparently for 500k. There you go. Go and spend that money on a guy who's ready now to go and play in the first team make a difference. Yeah. Connor Ronan would probably be a starter every every week for Hibs, to be honest, based on the player we saw last season. So it's it's, it's, it's a difficult one because like you are, it's that whole speculation to accumulate in it. But if that goes tips up, it's just got potential for a lot of back backlash, isn't it? Any further on that, Greg? Um, never ends well with a coach's son, put it that way. Um, if he does well, Oh, that's good. We spent money on him. If he doesn't do well, he only came up here because his dad works here. So, really, the boys are hiding absolute nothing. We're talking unnecessary um, pressure from sort of day, day dot, aren't you? Yeah, he's a 16 year old boy. Boys wants to go out and express himself. He's a bit of freedom, but yeah, no. It'd have been no really interesting. He probably doesn't want to fucking come and play for the same club. He's, he's probably that. thinking, oh, probably I'm going to be a 16 year old. We've all played in teams where the coach and, the coach's son is at the team, presumably, or we've all played for clubs at some point in our yep. in our time. And there's two examples that stick out in, in my memory, and both of them are one from sort of early childhood and one from sort of late childhood, kind of teenage years playing football. And um, on both occasions, the uh, as a technical individual, as a player, the, the son was hopeless. He was no good, right? But he was, the bo- on both occasions, they're both exceptional trainers. They trained, they put a shift in they actually set quite a good example on one of the occasions one of them was kind of not a captain but kind of acted like he was a captain you know the guy a bit of a mouth but mm. but, but not got the armband and uh, I just wonder how much that parallel rings true uh, in the professional they, ranks like they. you still get like guys that are just they're there because because everyone used to say was it was it Darren Ferguson that played under Salix at Man United in the early in the early, yes. early years and he never had the ability to be anywhere near Man United in the early 90s not even close I didn't know he played for United until maybe he got linked with the Hibs job a few years back and I was having a wee scroll his Wikipedia page I had not a clue that he'd even played way out his depth maybe Roy Mm. Keane referenced it maybe on an interview maybe once I think yeah he he, he referenced it because he was doing scouting for the club 
Like he, well, he questioned that he questioned why he was qualified to do that. Um, in typical Roy Keane fashion, he didn't just question it. He, he basically just wanted another go at Strelix. If um, if we're talking about experiences with coaches' sons, um, my one experience is that it's no good for the rest of the team because they're fucking grasses. And uh, <laughs> we, are, so, we were Sunday afternoons at this point, and I had a house party, and me and my mate who played for my team as well, we were a fucking Snapchat or whatever, and sent a Snapchat to everyone in our team. Gets to the game on the Sunday afternoon, and the coach just absolutely rinses the periods. Tell me, you and you're no starting, you're no fit, whatever. I went on to left wing after 10 minutes and I got hooked before half time. So, yes, it probably, the, truth, the truth would have come out, but he's a fucking grass. Because <laughs> we were in the changing room, we were just like, oh, you two got something to say. And I, I never felt so low in my life. But I, Greg, any experiences so, with coaches' sons? <laughs> yep. So, school team, and then back in the day where you could play on the Saturday for the school and the Sunday for the Sunday team. Um, yeah, the the message was clear. Basically, just get the ball to his son, um, who wasn't even a striker by his own admission, um, <laughs> but he played up front every week. Uh, so, yeah, that was funny. Then I carry primary school and carry primary school. <laughs> the grudge has been held. So, I, yeah. I've got one other example, and I just need to, I don't need to talk through it, I just need to vocalise it so the person doesn't think that I'm talking about them. There's another example from primary school where I played as a coach's son, and he was actually a really decent player. He, he wasn't that guy that I described who does loads of training. He's actually a technically very good player. I, I'm surprised he's not still playing now, actually. He's a very good player. But I just need to say that because he's a Hibs fan, and there's a small chance that he, very small chance that he might listen, and I don't want to think I'm talking about him. Covering marks. Yeah. Sorry, Greg, it's normally me that talks over here, but... Oh, sorry, Greg, I thought you were finished. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Right, well, let's move on. Thanks, Liam. Right, well, hey, let's move on. Right, back to transfers. Um, Look, let's not get that wrapped up into it, but we still need a set and a half. Anywhere else that that we think we still need to strengthen. Liam, you've maybe mentioned up front earlier on. Is it still just A-team? Is it going to be just... Centre mids, centre half, centre forward. No, I'm not gonna lie. Top of the wish possibly list. A winger, possibly a winger. How many, how many players are we planning on carrying this season? Mate, we're squad, right, the we squad must be it. quite. Do you reckon the squad must be quite packed up to now if everyone gets work permits? Fucking Brexit. Um, I think we'll see a couple go. Yeah. Dylan Tate came off the bench. See anything to think that he might not go on loan and he might stay put? Um, he played five yard passes, so I think he's maybe low on confidence. Bit of energy, where about he was literally playing five yard passes. I'll be honest, I noticed at one point McGeady got the ball left back and Tate sprinted for just about in front of the east stand over towards sort of the away dugout. That hence the energy so, comment based on that one sprint. So, <laughs> on that, it means he's probably getting sent out alone because he's trying. Did have to twelve minutes. Eh? Aye. It's difficult, especially at that point where we were just we we're just asking a bit. Like, Could really... Dylan Tate be an Innes Murray in the sense that no. he's signed and he just goes on loan, goes on loan, no. goes on loan? Uh, he's better than think? that. I'm not I, gen- I, gen- I genuinely believe there is something there with Dylan Tate 
what it is, I don't know, but I think he needs to go out on loan. I think he probably maybe needs to go back to Ray um, and then come back next season. But I, yeah, I don't think he fits into the current the current team. Cool. Right. Falkirk, tomorrow night, tonight, last night, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, what, what, what? I hate Falkirk. <laughs> what are we expecting uh, rotation-wise? Lee Johnson said that it is going to be a case of managing minutes. If he sort of made it pretty clear that Joe Newell and Ed McGeady are probably going to come in from the start. Um, anyone you'd like to see for sure in that starting 11? A little bit of shock yeah, there for sure. I thought McClellan was really good. You know, I wish I'd mentioned him earlier. I thought he was, I thought he was very outstanding. Good. To be Probably fair, I, really, I thought he was very, very impressive. Um, Are you starting to hear words from when we signed him a little bit? I think I said at the time I'd be happy to be proved wrong. I think I say that all the time, so I, I'm happy to take that. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that although I said one thing, I meant actually something else. Here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, look, look. Based on what I'd seen, he was at Falkirk last season or whatever, I'm not really impressed, but he won every header, he got stuck in, the, the composure is 10 out of 10, he can pick a pass, he's not afraid to get on the ball, he's the sort of centre-half I like to see. He would be the perfect centre-half if he only had a left foot. But we can't get it all. But I think he'll be very impressive. I think he's probably a first-team player this season. I don't think he's development. I think he's first-team player. I think... He like uh, reinforces me, doesn't he? Like, some players in pre-season just, like, either come back from the season before having already been to the club and just step up yeah. a notch and then some new guys come in and they impress you. I, 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 I wanted to... Obviously, I didn't want to like him, but I, I didn't want to be, like, totally all in on him because when they yes, said he yeah. was a development team player and he was right-footed, I thought, it's just no... Maybe quite right for just now, mm. but maybe next season... But based on again forty five minutes versus Clyde, and based on the the two forty five minutes in pre season, I think he's been one of our best players in that one hundred and thirty five minutes. That's right. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I think he looked better than Bashiri, to be honest. I thought Rocky was fine as well. Like he wasn't bad. I just think that in terms of getting the ball moving, the way he goes up, the way he wins headers and he tackles, it's. That's what I've been looking for, to be honest. But yeah, that, that wee bit incentive as well. Played four. Yeah, he only managed to play four games for a pish poor Falkirk team last season. Um, yeah, that that that's incentive for him to go there on Tuesday night. And yeah, yeah, no. I've to be been, honest, he's he's come in and he's looked well above that level anyway. So yeah, well, eh, uh, what 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 do we think elsewhere? De Broski and goals maybe, or do we think we'll see Marshall sort of trying to get that familiarity right through the League Cup? Play your best players. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, full cook. Instead, instead, instead of going position by position, Liam, give a give an eleven for tomorrow night. <laughs> Greg, you can do the same. Marshall, Cadden, Porteous, McClelland, Stevenson, Kenna, Newell. McGeevy, Henderson, Melkerson, Dodge. I'm not going to say mine. Tavares, Yuan, and thing we know. Not I'm not, not going to so. say anything because that's my level enough. If, <laughs> uh, if, if we're the same, aye, if Tavares, etc., still don't have their permits. For yourself, Greg, any changes to that? Um, I wasn't the last one to be honest, but I'd bring Miller <laughs> in. Bring Miller in for. 
Caden. Caden stay on the bench or? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I wouldn't change a whole lot, but I think we need to mix it up a bit. What did we make it last No, no starting. Clumsy, if I'm honest. I thought, I thought he did look a little bit clumsy, but he's built. I think, I think we'll probably see the best on as time goes on, but he did look a little bit nervous as well, which is okay. But he seems pretty keen to get forward and and get balls in the box. It's just a shame that nobody was in the areas that the balls were going at the weekend. But I think he'll come good. I think he'll, he'll be good for us. But he, is a, he does seem very, very physical, which I'm all for. And to be honest, I was having this discussion with my granddad after the game. I think it's he's probably a better option than Cadden because uh, sorry and then Clark uh, Harry Clark sorry because you've got Miller permanently and we need continuity we can't just keep having lone players so I, I agree especially with, with his option to buy yeah, there was never any chance of being able to buy Harry Clark I think that was the thing even yeah. based on the player he was at Ross County I don't think we would have been able yeah. to Finance that, even though we are absolutely massive and spunking half a million on sixteen-year-olds, <laughs> <laughs> I still don't. Yeah, I still don't want to sign them. Uh, but no, nah, I, I think I've been. It's been said. There's sensible. I, I think we'll. We'll. I, the thing is, we've got options. Like last season, how many times you and did you ask us for our squad prediction last season? I was picking <laughs> eleven, and genuinely, there was about five or six guys that I didn't want to see play, but I was picking out necessity. Yeah. I don't mean to be like hard back to last season to be negative because I'm trying to make it a positive point. Like we actually have got options now, like in positions where like the Cad and Miller thing is a bit of a that's a bit of a competition now. Yeah. You know, the, the new Doyle, Doyle Hayes thing is probably a competition between those two for that one spot rather than the two of them nailed on every yeah. week. We've not touched on Josh Campbell at all. Josh Campbell was good on Saturday as well. And people people will not want like to give Josh Campbell too much praise because ultimately we're Again, in a more forward role than what. Can we just say? Noah Kenna is the best number six in the world that has made Jake Doyle Hayes and Josh Campbell look like prime fucking. I'm going to say Stephen Gerrard, who's kind of your onions. To be fair, you and. I mean, he did come from your favourite league, the English Under 23 League, which we know that you love. <laughs> Do you know? I, 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 if if you had listened to. Hot the talent. Hot, exactly, mate. I don't the, the players like Victor Palsam when they come to Easter Road, they do as a disservice. That 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 is just where you need to be shopping. No. It is interesting though, eh? because he did really free up the other two in midfield. Whether Campbell was playing as the number ten and Jake Doyle Hayes was beside him. They there was a lot of numbers forward at all times. And again, it was Clyde. Do you know we should probably just name this episode It Was Clyde? Like just, to be fair, no no one can reminds me of a player that was better than Stephen Gerrard. Roy Keane. <laughs> I think there was one. Uh, I think in the first half he just absolutely smashed somebody, got up and passed it. That's what we're after for, I, for that position. Again, maybe not too dissimilar from uh, Roy Keane. Maybe a little, <laughs> maybe a little bit clumsy on the ball at times, but generally won it back as well if he gave it away. Um, but look, we could probably sit and go on about all of them individually if we need to but we spoke about Clyde about half an hour ago um, I can't wait till we get to the middle of September and they're off shite <laughs> 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 fuck's sake right. we're Lee Johnson sacked and Ruben McAllister's just no working out uh, superb so Connor Young's single-handedly winning the low and <laughs> <for years. laughs> 
Well, the day that they're not signing anyone, 100 at Morelos, and he'll be in the fucking first team. You're talking about pathway. I think there's. They scored big. They've seen that boy. They scored against them last season in the Champions League. Oh, Cholak. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I'm not talking about them. Listener questions from the listeners. Should really? I should promise. We should probably start tweeting the the hangout for questions. More than two hours before we record them. Um, oh, Harry done it about 15 minutes before <laughs> we recorded them last week and we were getting questions as we were speaking. <laughs> Rolling with the punches, eh? Right. From Jaden uh, on Twitter, we've sort of covered it off. Um, thoughts on Cabraha? I think we've done, and done enough on that. I hope that we've sort of done asked You looked there, have I said that well wrong? No, I, I think Marianne Chabraha is what I'm, 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 I'm going with. Nah, because that, 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 that sounds Spanish. Right? They, they definitely, I think it's maybe more Quebraja than Quebraja. Mm. Mod, but, right, uh, Mod Rich, like Kovacic. He's not got a J in his name, does he? No, no, but sound. it's like the Chez. Uh, I'm, I'm, anyway, I'm all in on him. Looks, look, looks great. Great pedigree. Get him in. Six foot as well. Nice tall left back. He can also one? swing a corner in. So many set piece takers this season. Spoiled right, for choice. <laughs> Spoiled for choice. Uh, John McIntosh uh, shot his load a little bit early and asked us to predict the first five games of the season, but uh, we'll do that in a couple of weeks' time. So first five win, games win, 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 win. Aye, first five league games of the season. How did we see Aye, we'll, you know, I'm going, we're, de- we're definitely going to lose to St Johnston on the first day. <laughs> and to say that, but, but, right, but we'll win right. the rest. But what but we'll, hey, I said, I said we'd go through all that in our big league preview episode before the St Johnston game. Does so, it work? Come on, today we can find it. It's five. Aye. We'll get that from him. Uh, where else do we need to strengthen? Uh, we sort of just covered that off, but what yeah. do we think we'll do in the next three cup games in terms of start Win. was what he asked. Do we expect wins in all of them and what sort of teams yeah. are we expecting? I think we'll rotate. Win and it'll be players registered at a Hibernian Football Club that will play. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, a bit of a rogue shot here. I'm going to go... We'll have two wins and a draw from our last three games. But I'm going to say... They were drawn at Bollerig. I think we're... Nah, Green at Martin. No, no. We're not going to concede a goal. They would definitely get a draw at us even if they had one on the bench like they did at the weekend. And probably a scrap on the touch as well. So... (laughs) It's like Duff Jimmy still. Oh, no, it's Dougie Emery now, eh? Definitely a scrap then. Definitely a scrap. (laughs) Liam, we'll come to you, given your 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 modelling expertise. Is Lee Johnson better dressed than Jack Ross? No. That's from Aidan no. Braid. He had far too many clothes on for how hot it was. Inside. I thought that. Hey, he had like that sort of blazer, no. jacket, cardigan, no. hang on. Polo shirt. Polo, don't, don't polo shirt Max Lee Johnson. Saturday. Don't compare Lee Johnson to that joker. <laughs> don't dare. <laughs> uh, from Emerson Fetties on Twitter. What's the most notable noticeable change? Now, say from last season, but let's say just say under Lee Johnson, like we've done earlier, what's the most noticeable change? And you can he say the pressing that you said earlier? Can well, I say the passing, the moving, the tempo? <laughs> nah, I'm sorry. I'm shy. Mm. Okay. Um, well, I feel like we need to mention the pressing, though. Um, but other than that, I think we've got a goalie that can actually shout and communicate with, with people. We've got a number six that can put a tackle in and Melkerson and Doids are scoring goals. That, that's, that's, that'll start us off nicely. I think 
one noticeable thing for me, I think we look a, a stronger team. I, I, you know, even just with the likes of Melkerson and stuff and Jake Doyle Hayes, I think they two definitely look stronger. But, you know, I think there's a lot more. I feel, I might be wrong, but I feel like there's more athletes in the team. I feel like we've got more legs in us. Um, I, look, it's early in pre-season, the players are going to be fit. But I, I feel like we do look a fit team. I felt like under Sean Malone we've definitely points, we were up. blowing on empty at points. Maybe Paul Hammond will be strong this season. Who knows? Since everyone else seems to be bulking up. <laughs> we nearly got through a full episode, Liam. Nearly got through. Maybe he's not even played, and he's still fucking is getting it, better. Isn't that right, Dave Graham? I, I think um, one one thing I noticed uh, on 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 Saturday was um, just players being a bit more fluid in their position, and like I felt like under Maloney, uh, especially, and actually probably to fear under Jack Ross, guys just like fucking stuck to the area of the pitch so rigidly and nobody moved out of where they were. Mm. But like the number of times where like one of the centre-backs would get the ball and then the other one would fucking get away from them as Porteous was doing in that mic'd up video. Get away yeah. from me, get away from me. But like, and and by moving away, it was creating space. But as you saw it with the midfielders and you talked about Magidi earlier on. Magidi going all that way back to win the ball back. Yes. Way out of his yeah. position. And then also at times coming on and picking the ball up almost in like the sort of Harry's not here, but Harry would say the quarterback role, again, like playing deep and then playing the pass forward. I thought was, I uh, just there was just there was guys just picking up different bits of space that I thought was was good, promising. Um, also, <clears throat> there was one instance in the first half where David Marshall got the ball out quick, and Henderson yeah. turned the boy. Yes, so that was lovely. Dropped, uh, Henderson dropped deep for the ball, and and Marshall <laughs> was keen to get the ball away early, which is nice to see. But like Macy, who takes ten Did minutes I... before he kicks the ball out of the play. Did we notice uh, David Marshall's starting position uh, quite a few times was fairly high up the park now? Yeah. Come on, David. Well, we've seen that you're before. A, you're, a, you're an experienced lad now. Learn for your mistakes. <laughs> um, Luckily, Clyde didn't have fucking uh, Patrick fucking Patrick shit playing for them. To be fair, Liam looks a bit like Liam looks a bit like Patrick Schick. I you do, mate. Oh, he's not having that one. He's not having that one. Right, next question um, came from you and Mick. Um, Menty asked this the last episode. I sort of wish that Harry was here to answer this one, but Menty asked this for the last episode, but thoughts on the live comment section for the games we had, like on YouTube (laughs) for the friendlies. Personally thought it was carnage and great content while watching. Superb, because lower league English teams were getting bullied in the comments. (laughs) You know what? I would say that the live comment section is definitely an upgrade on the uh, Hibs TV commentator for last season. Yeah. Full commentator. Full commentator, not Cliff, obviously. Another, you get you get more sense of massive uh, upgrade. Bullying, bullying lower league English teams than you do at Tam McManus anyway. <laughs> and, it's, and it doesn't cost the club any money to have people in the yeah. comment section, but for certain ex-co-commentators, it costs them a lot of money. A so. lot of money. A lot of money. They wonder we're spending all that money on 16 year olds, man. Oh my gosh. Huge wage bill off the day. Like a huge wage bill off the And to be fair as well, Hibs aren't responsible for what's said in the comments section. (laughs) So they can talk (laughs) to do what they want. Was it you that picked up on what Harry had? I had it up on full screen, so I couldn't see the comments, but I think Harry was having his. He's just just beefing English fans, uh, as he normally does, like seeing things like what what is a Luton town and stuff. <laughs> also, honourable mention to Burton fan Steve Thompson, who tried to <laughs> who tried to bait Hibs fans and then got absolutely scalped in the Twitter section, uh, Twitter comment section after his team got scalped after Hibs. Burton Albion are, are nowhere near. Steve Thompson. 
Hibs level. And no uh, right, let's la- let's wrap up on a last question from a friend of all of ours, a teammate, <sighs> a teammate of two of yours. And then you get me started. You know, it's idea. time. It's time for our weekly <sighs> fives, sevens update. Mm-hmm. Lee's and asking, then... "Gee, have you managed to get any sleep since she's got B at fives last Thursday?" And Liam, have you, um, how are you sleeping after that? I know after your return from Mexico, maybe you're the, maybe you're the issue. <laughs> I would like to point out the loss to that team when I was away as well. Um, it was quite a pronounced defeat on Thursday. We've, uh, we've had a conversation. We'll gather ourselves and we'll be back and we'll be better next time. Yeah. Right, Greg, yeah, how are you sleeping? Yeah, there's no excuses, to be honest. Um, not happy. Been... Um, been a tough week to be fair and obviously there was things said last week um, during the game um, and things that happened so yeah we, we go again we dust ourselves down and, and we'll get them again in three weeks with the title decider and uh, I don't want to see them celebrating in front of us so yeah Right There are predictions for the Falkirk game that. We've not done actually no let's do predictions for the Falkirk game Take a, who wants to go first? 4 0, Pibs. I'm going for 5 0, Pibs, and me to be fucking pissed off because it's Lauren's first football game and she'll be greeting, moaning her face off by half time. I'm going to go a routine 2 0. Routine 2 0. Very comfortable. Very 2-0. comfortable. Nah, I, I, hope, I hope we you know. start with the exhibition stuff as well, right in front of the locals, uh, including you, Mister Wilson. <laughs> Do you know? I'm no. I'm, I was actually tempted to go and sit in the homestand because obviously I've got my Sean Mackey jersey waiting to be signed. Day, so <laughs> I just I thought, well, where's the best? Where's the best way to go? To, You're going to be confused. My, you know, what other reason? You're going to be confused. Yeah, <laughs> Falkirk players, sorry. I honestly couldn't tell you anyone that played for Falkirk other than Sean Mack. I, I, I seem to remember him doing a wee bit of business in the summer and they signed a couple of players and I thought... Oh, oh I tell you who's there. actually no be shy. Uh, Stephen McGinn's there. Oh, so he is. So he oh, so definitely be shy. Brad Mackay. That's... Brad Mackay. There's someone to hurl abuse at. I loved there was a, a group of boys who were a few rows down from me. I think I might have known who the subjects were who were giving Morgaro Gomez absolute pelters for 90 minutes <laughs> on Saturday. I fucking love that. Eh? I fucking, I love, I love football fans in general. Eh? I love like just storing stuff like that in there and be like, see when he comes back, I'm going to give abuse. Morgaro I wonder. Gomez. They also have, um, Aidan Nesbitt and Gary Oliver. Nesbitt, uh, was he the one that was at like Partick and Morton and that? Yeah. Been uh-huh. a bit of, uh, was it Dundee United maybe oh, as well? They've got that Callum Morrison yeah. that played part, so the Callum at the end, is the, his first name. Is Callum. That the, yeah. The blonde Callum. Callum. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looks like a, a, a two Bob Craig Sivold. And Craig yeah. Sivold looks, so looks so two Bob. So he's going to Dundee United? That's a. Uh, I've been impressed with Dundee United's business, and then I seen that they were signing Craig Sibbled and thought, fuck, there's another guaranteed goal scorer against us this year, but not a He's good Craig player. Craig Sibbled, if you order him, I wish that would call me. Oh, 100%. Oh, uh, fuck. They've got right. Craig McGuffey as well, that was at A Rank. He scored an absolute fucking goal at Easter Road. Oh, the cup game. Yeah. When, when Big Dave tucked one away to make it like, I don't know, 6 2 or something. 
We could sit and Pure talk club. We could sit and talk utter shite like And this. to be fair, you also oh, need to hurl abuse at John McGlynn as well. Aye. Oh, Uncle, Uncle Fester. We've got one last question come in at the last minute, but we'll do it quickly. Uh, so, Jeff, if you've not turned off by now, uh, we are asking you a question. Jeff Ashton, thoughts on Dylan Tate? Surprised to see him on the bench and then get on. Looked okay at a low game one and tiring opponents. Can I ask a question before we address Jeff's question? Do you think that John McGlynn will have changed his baseball cap in time for the game? No, and he's probably still got a heart strike on enough. <laughs> Sorry, what was Jeff's question? Sorry, uh, Jeff. do, you know, well, do you know what I love about John McGlynn? He's got very active lenses. Uh. <laughs> As we go, like the sunglasses, eh? But, uh, uh, <laughs> nah, he's a pure banger, to be fair. <laughs> I do think he'll probably do all right there, though. Eh? I think, I think, I think he might. Kind of worse than the recent <laughs> managers have done there. <laughs> was it, was it Falco that took some cunt in for like the American uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps? It was like an American. Women's, but not even like the top tier in America. Like, and he was like, he wasn't even a, a full time, but he was like an assistant coach. But he just happened to be for Falkirk. Was Kenny Miller back. there or something? Yeah, is Kenny Miller still there? I you haven't have got a clue. Ah, there's plenty. There's plenty to go around. Uh, aye, right. Last question, then we're going to wrap this up. Thoughts on Dylan Tate? Surprised to see him on the bench and then get on. Looked okay. A low game was one and the tiring opponents. Now, I know we spoke about it earlier, but I, w- I actually was surprised to see Dylan Tate get on. Just like, we spoke about it when we spoke about the training camp squad. I still am not sure why he was, wasn't there, if he's not on loan yet. Like, cup tied as well, eh? So he can't play in the League Cup. Aye. Yeah. Aye. But I, 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 I was surprised. I said that to Ryan when he came on. I was like, they were cup tying him by bringing him on, so something must have changed, because otherwise you just wouldn't have brought him on for the last 12 minutes. What yeah. was the value in it? Mm. So Lee Johnson's thinking has changed, or there's been a loan move for him that's fallen through or something. I'm happy enough to see him be there and compete. Aye, aye. I think based on what I'd heard about him, what I'd seen of him, I was quite excited when we signed him. So I, I would still like to think we'll try and make that work. Um, and I still think we need a centre midfielder. So maybe he's that centre midfielder. Who knows? Probably hey, not. But any further on what you said earlier? Five yard passes and nah, roundabout. But yeah, pretty basic stuff. I could do that myself, but um, I don't know if he wants to go on loan. If, if he, I think loan would be. A good option for him, but maybe we've we've changed our tune, or maybe he's not going on loan to Scotland. Maybe he's going on loan elsewhere. We never actually spoke about that. Mackay going out on loan. Uh, I know it's not exactly breaking breaking news, but I was a bit surprised that Inverness was the club he ended up at. Uh, I think uh, Lee Johnson, because Lee Johnson, I get it. Like he's obviously been at the club before, and they're probably one of the favourites for the league. But yeah, it was just Johnson again had said that they were hoping to get him somewhere that he was close enough that he could still come into the training ground and stuff and maybe train every, I don't know, a day a week or whatever. But, I mean, he's no... It's a hell of a commute down to Inverness to go down to Trent every so No, he's still... I'd imagine he'd still be living in Edinburgh. Aye. But so, it was just a surprise because yeah. was it not looking like he was going to the race? Was that no pretty much... Uh, Dunfermline were mentioned as well, but I think we wanted him to go... I think we team. knocked that back, didn't we? Playing teams like fucking the team you just played on Saturday, you're not going to get anything from that. We definitely wanted him to go to a championship team, so, uh, and he's going back home, very done well before, so it probably makes sense. But You'd expect Inverness to be one of the better teams in that league as well, probably this season. Obviously. Hopefully not. Nah, Billy Dodds is a banger as well. I'm not a fan of them, but I would expect that they'll challenge again. Like, they've lost He's Kirk Broadfoot, so 
Who knows? And uh, Hibs have announced a partnership with Edinburgh FC, you know. Or FC oh, FC Edinburgh. Sorry. FC uh, Edinburgh. And, and Jack Bryden's gone on loan. Aye. Totally best forgot. Kept, I don't like best FC Edinburgh. Best kept secret in football. Yeah. yeah. That was... That was yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of FC well. Edinburgh. I think it's shite. So, yeah. Aye, we're not getting into that. We've been on the other shop. Um, have, they, have they sold more than 10 season tickets yet? Nah. I think they're on eight now, though. They're making progress. They're called Edinburgh City. Come on. Why FC Edinburgh all of a sudden? Is it, was it not something to do with the social club or something? Uh, uh, naming rights, apparently. And then there was something about it wanting to get FC Edinburgh to make it more attractive tourists or something, I think, as well. Is Edinburgh City not attractive enough? Is there no FC Paris or a Paris FC or something? And There's a like, Paris FC. And Paris Saint Germain are really trying to fucking buy that out or something, eh? So that they uh, can be a can't There's only one them. sound team in Paris, to be honest, and that's Red Star. So, yeah. <laughs> you've got some un. Ah, great. 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 Who's sound and who isn't he? Mm. And I say knowledge yeah. and your opinion, of course. But like... well, Hella and Verona are no sound. No, definitely not. Definitely a bit not. like Lazio, they are no sound either. No, they're, so, they're, yeah. there's some obvious. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of clubs in Italy with links to the right wing. If we were to start yeah. there, we would be Aye. there for some time. That's a full episode <laughs> on his hand. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's we a post-season episode. Football clubs around the world and who's sound and who isn't he? Good guy, good guy. We'll, fi- we'll finally do State of the Game episode two. Good guy, oh, good guy, why? We just, I forgot that we completely touched that. We need to bring that back. We've got a really good State the game remember. and we'll talk about good clubs and why they're sound. Sounds good to me. Right, well, that car crash at last 10 minutes is where we're going to end this. Um, we'll be back. Well, the best just... 10 minutes, to be fair. Aye, ah, good. Bye. Nice passing moving tempo at the end. Yeah. There's Lovely. definitely value in just talking shite. Um, we'll be back next week. Two games to review. One League Cup game left. Three weeks till don't hey, three weeks we'll be sitting top of the league, three points under our belt after a com- comfortable win at St Johnston. Um the league season's getting ever closer. But yeah, we'll be back next week and aye, let's go. Peace. Bye. <laughs>